According to a recent Forbes article, you are likely overpaying your vendors by as much as 10% every single year just because you don't quite have the right systems and practices in place to make sure that you're paying the right amount, not overpaying, and getting refunds that are due to you. So if you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing and paying your vendors the correct amount, you're going to want to listen to this episode because I'm going to dive into exactly what you need to be concerned about, what you need to do, and how to make sure you avoid this issue. Hey friend, welcome to the Small Business Finance Podcast. Do you want confidence and clarity with your business finances? Do you find yourself up late at night searching for tax deductions, how to track your business finances, or for QuickBooks tips? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals, but you end up feeling confused and frustrated because accounting and tax is really foreign? Hi, I'm Tiffany. I've heard this so many times from clients who used to feel this way. They felt overwhelmed about what to do with their numbers and wish that they could stop the financial madness. They wanted clarity and the ability to grasp the financial basics, know who to call when they had a question and to stop worrying about owing money to the IRS, but they thought they weren't good with numbers and the overwhelm kept them stuck without any solid financial plan until they realized that business systems are the ticket to gaining financial confidence. In this podcast, you will learn step-by-step systems, easy to understand financial tips and mindset transformation so that you will gain financial confidence as an entrepreneur. Dust off your spreadsheet, warm up your coffee and let's get going. Many years ago when I was in corporate, I worked for pretty big companies. Some of them were just large, small businesses that, you know, were upwards of 40 plus million dollars. Some of them were divisions of much larger conglomerates and international companies where there were many divisions and I just happened to be the controller over one of those divisions. And I unfortunately ran into many issues where the person that was doing my accounts payable just really wasn't that great at what they did. They didn't know what they were doing. And subsequently, there were issues with overpayments to vendors and not getting credits that were due and all the things. And so it is absolutely an issue from a corporate perspective and for businesses that are making, you know, 20, 30, 40 plus million dollars. And I would venture to say that that overpayment of vendors is as rampant in large companies as it is in small businesses, and probably even more so in small businesses, simply because you don't have the systems. The difference in larger companies that are making tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars, is that they have accounting systems that are much more easily able to track. And if you know what you're doing, then you can actually figure out where there are overpayments. The problem with small businesses is that we're typically using softwares like QuickBooks or something similar. There's other ones out there, but typically QuickBooks or maybe not having much of a system at all. And then you end up overpaying simply because you don't have a way to see it. You don't have the visibility to see where there's a problem. So what do you do? Because it feels a little hopeless, whether you're a small, you know, kind of mom and pop business making a hundred thousand a year versus a company making a hundred million dollars a year, (laughs) 10%, 10%, any way you slice it. And frankly, you want to keep as much money as possible. So let's talk about what this even means and how you avoid it. First of all, let's talk about what a vendor is because the article in Forbes indicated that companies are overpaying their vendors by as much as 10%. Well, a vendor is going to be someone who is providing some sort of a product or a service to your company. So this could be anything from the supply house around the corner that provides you with various materials that you need 
Maybe it could be McCoy's if you are a contractor and you need lumber. It could be honestly anyone. It could be the person that does some contract labor for you. So this is someone who provides a service or a product to you, the business owner. Now, how does this actually work where you are overpaying your vendors and you have this 10% issue that I mentioned? There are five primary reasons that this happens. There could be more, but these are going to be the main ones. So the first one is not reconciling. This can be reconciliation of your bank account, your credit card account. Those are the two biggies, but this would also be reconciliation of your accounts payable. If you enter your accounts payable, say in QuickBooks or your vendors, they're giving you invoices. Those should be entered into QuickBooks and you should be able to produce a report that shows you what is outstanding, what was paid the previous month. And then the offset of that is that that you should be able to get a statement from the vendor and you should be doing that regularly. I would say to check with your vendors every six months or so at the most every year, check with your vendors, get the, get a statement from them and just see, make sure that your records align with theirs. If you're smaller, you can probably do this even every 90 days and just make sure that everything is on the up and up. So that is the first reason this lack of reconciliation. The second reason is duplicate or almost identical vendor names. Sometimes in an accounting software, little variations of an entity. Maybe the business is John and Mark's fishing business and the and can be spelled out or it could be an ampersand. So in both of those instances, it would create two vendors and potentially those invoices could be entered under both names. And that would mean that you would overpay. Uh, accidentally. And if you're not paying attention, you're not going to know that. So little variations in the name makes a difference. Also, just a lack of control and checking. You really should be paying attention to this kind of stuff. I wanted to take a minute really quick to let you know that the Tax Savings Institute is live. It is officially out there in the world and uh, ready for you to learn all the things that I use to help my clients reduce their taxes and help them save big when it comes to not only federal, which, you know, that's savings enough, but from a state perspective too. And so I am putting this out there because really I feel like this should be something that you have access to. Unfortunately, getting the information and understanding how to reduce your taxes. It's just, there's not a lot of information out there. If you've ever gone to try to do a Google search on how to reduce your taxes and what you can do to actually keep more of your money, if you've done that, and I'm guessing you have, you haven't come up with a whole lot. And so I am releasing the Tax Savings Institute simply because it should be easier than it is. It should be something that you should be able to reduce your taxes with relative ease. You just need to know what to do and how to do it. And so I'm putting this out there at a really reasonable price. It's honestly so cheap that I've been told that I'm crazy for offering it at this low of a price. And not only that, um, I'm also including bi-monthly Zoom calls with yours truly to where you can ask the questions that you have. If there is something that you're not sure about, maybe you've gone through some of the material and you think that something applies to you and you just don't know if it really does, or in your particular situation, you have a question that you need help with. You're going to get my help for nothing right now. It's actually free. It's going to be a part of this. Later, uh, there will be a fee associated with having that Zoom call. So jump in and get these founders options, these founders uh, incentives so that you can come in and reduce your taxes now while you still have time.
if you are at a point in your business where you have a team and you've got people working for you and doing part of this process, maybe they're doing your accounting, paying your bills, things like that, you need to at least be monitoring this and taking a look, just paying attention from time to time. It really does make a difference. Sometimes it's a matter of them knowing that you're paying attention makes all the difference in the world so that they're doing the right thing. Because in a minute, we're going to talk about potential for fraud. And this is a very real concern, but I don't want to, I don't want to jump into that just yet. Okay. So that was the third one's lack of control and checking. Number four is operator input errors. It's really easy when you're doing data entry to accidentally enter an invoice wrong. Let's think about the way some vendors do things. So I have seen a variety of different styles of vendor invoices and vendor numbers. Sometimes there's like a dash in it. So Sometimes there's a period it's, you know, it depends on the type of business and how they do things. Well, if you have someone entering those invoices, maybe they disregard the dash. And so they're entering the invoice. It'd be one, two, three, four, five, all in one. That one's entered. And then they enter the invoice the way that it was shown, which is one dash two, three, four, five. And those in the system are two separate invoices. So therefore you ended up paying twice. You paid the invoice twice. And again, this goes back to getting those vendor statements. They should easily and willingly give you statements for your account with regularity because you're going to catch those things. You're going to say, oh, wait a second. Why do you show a credit? Because I don't show a credit on my end. Let me go and look. And so then you start digging and it's almost like a puzzle piece. You have to start figuring out what happened, but it then becomes a puzzle you have to solve. And if there's anything in accounting that I do love, it is that it all ties together. It all balances. It all makes sense. And you can figure it out if you just spend the time to do so. And if you don't have the aptitude to do that, any good accountant is going to be able to figure this out and realize, oh, this invoice was put in the wrong way. They owe you this money. You paid it twice. So it's just important to pay attention to these operational errors. That's just one example. Uh, going back to the vendor name being different, that could be one. There's just a lot of ways that the uh, operator, the accounts payable person could enter things incorrectly. It could even be that they put an extra zero in an invoice and then you pay this invoice for $1,000 instead of $100 and you didn't realize. So then now you should have a credit on the vendor side for $900, but you never would have known had you not asked. And then lastly, a lack of standard vendor invoicing conventions. In other words, a just standard practice of how you should be doing things. It's really important when you have somebody else doing your accounts payable that you have a system in place, just like anything in business, just having a system, knowing what the process is, is going to eliminate a lot of these issues. So basically what can happen is that sometimes companies pay twice for services that were actually included in other services. Sometimes they overpay vendors when discounts or adjustments should have been paid. So if you should be getting a discount, you need to double check your invoices to make sure you are. And then sometimes you're paying for services that aren't even rendered. And I could go on and on. There are honestly so many different mistakes and errors that can be made. And it easily, as you can see, as I'm talking about this, it is easy for you to overpay by 10%. Honestly, in some cases, maybe even more so than that. And if you make $100,000 a year and you're repaying your vendors by 10%, that's a lot in that business. I, I mean, if your expenses are 50 grand and you overpaid somebody $5,000, well, 
I would think you would want that 5,000 in your pocket and not theirs. So it needs to be something you're paying attention to. And in full disclosure, most likely if you're a $100,000 business, you're not doing accounts payable like this. So most likely you are paying attention. You do have your thumb on the pulse of your business. It's really when you get larger and you start hiring employees to help you, that's where this becomes a problem. Once you become say a seven figure business owner and you have someone doing your accounting for you, maybe they're doing the accounts payable for you and you're not the one doing everything. It's this shift from wearing all the hats, doing all the things to, okay, this is a bit much for me now. I really need to be running my business and not doing all the things. And then you hire it out. And that's great. You have to do that to grow. Um, if you want to be a larger business, it's just something that you have to do. And you have to recognize there are pitfalls in doing that so that you can protect yourself. Um, I believe fully that it is important to take that step if you're growing into a real business and really trying to hit that seven-figure mark, maybe eight-figure mark. You're going to have to outsource things. You literally cannot do it all yourself. But you need to make sure that you know enough, which is honestly what I preach on this podcast all the time. You need to arm yourself with knowledge so that you are able to know where the pitfalls are, that you know where things can go awry, where they go sideways, and then you can protect yourself and make sure that things are being done the right way. And then I mentioned earlier about the potential for fraud. This is so important, and I really can't stress this enough that as a small business owner, you really need to be paying attention for the opportunities for fraud in your business. So oftentimes, um, employees will steal money from you as the business owner. And if you're not paying attention, you don't know. And we're not going to get into the employee side of things right this second, but I see it. I've seen it a lot. It happens um, more than what you know, because frankly, when you're a small business owner and you're dealing with fraud, number one, there's some ego involved and some embarrassment and rightfully so. But then also sometimes not the ability to pay a lawyer to go after someone um, and then that person doesn't get prosecuted, which means they don't actually get anything on their record, which means when you do the background check, you have no idea. And that's really, really common. But what I want to talk about is vendor fraud. So this actually can be tied in with employee frauds. Typically, it is going to be attached to an employee inside of your business, but it comes in the form of vendor payments. This is not that hard to see if you know what to look for. If you have someone that is sending false vendor invoices, let's just say it is an employee that has partnered up with a vendor and that vendor has said, hey, I'm going to send you to Mexico for a week if you send these invoices together. I don't know. I don't know how that conversation would work, but they would be in cahoots and there would be some sort of a partnership there where they are working together. Typically, you're going to have someone on the inside as well, but it doesn't have to be. Now, what's going to happen is that there you're looking for similarities. You're looking for similar banking information for the vendor that maybe an employee has. You're looking for a similar address or some sort of a common denominator there. And the reality is, is that most fraudsters are going to use some real information that's already in your computer system. So you should be able to see that and find it. And they take some data entry and some crunching, but it's going to be there. And then mo the most common of such details are the employee's address or so it's going to be the employee's address typically as the supplier's office or an employee's bank information, like I mentioned earlier. 
the reality is on all of this, if you have something that really is legit, you, you're working with a legit vendor, then they are going to give you your over, overpayments typically if you can prove that it's an overpayment. But that means that you're going to need good systems in place. You're going to need to make sure that you have a computer system, an accountant that is working on your side to make sure that things are being done the right way. And it's typically going to be a matter of just showing proof. Hey, here's where it was. And then on their end, they're going to go look and make sure, okay, everything ties out. And then they issue a refund check. The reality is, is that you do want to make sure you're working with good vendors and working with people that are honest, but you can't always, you know, vet that out ahead of time. But typically they are going to um, repay you and give you your money back. The reality is, is that you want to stay on top of these things. This is just one example of the way that things can go awry and go south in your finances. And then needlessly money is bleeding out that you have no idea. So I hope this has been super helpful to you. And um, as always, share this with someone that you think would take benefit from this and leave me a five-star review. It helps so much. And I appreciate reading all of the five-star reviews that I get. It uh, really warms my heart and it makes sure that other people are able to hear my podcast learn these things and really just get out of the haze that is small business finance. It should not be that complicated. So I'm here to make it more simple. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I cannot wait until next time.